0: N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash W-T-F All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Terrians? How's it going? Uh, I'm Mark Maron. This is my podcast, WTF. you're listening to WTF with Mark Maron, that's a old school reset Hi, welcome back. I'm Mark Maron. You're listening to WTF Today. What the fuck is happening, man? Newly formed federal Gestapo. That's exciting. I'm not going to go through the news. I, you know, I'm just trying to uh, temper, temper the fear, temper the temper, temper the darkness, the bleak, hopeless landscape of current global culture fuck man how's it going i'm sorry I'm, I'm being rude are you okay are you moving any of those things from home you would think that people would need them now you would think that people are at home just wondering hey those people that have you know either a uh, a debting problem or uh credit card issues i would imagine are amassing things people with money are probably buying things people with no money are probably selling stuff how what how's your business doing How the kids, are you finding time for yourself? Are you taking walks? Are you going outside? Are you talking to friends? Are you saying hello to your neighbors in that awkward way with a mask? Are you cleaning up? Are you organizing? Have you got everything together or are you in bed? Get up, get out, make your bed, shower up, feed the fucking animals. And by animals, I'm talking about your family. And then feed your pleasant pets. Maybe the family can feed itself. I don't know your situation. I just know this togetherness is starting to crack some people. So, look, apparently, we're not going to be shooting the um, fourth season of Glow till sometime in 2021. I do not know when stand-up comedy is going to resurface. I am not of the um, type of comic that needs to go do shows at drive-ins or at uh, half-filled houses spread out. As much as I enjoy taking the stage, uh, I, I, don't, I don't need to do that. I save some money. I'm okay for now. You can catch me on Instagram Live occasionally. You can catch me here where I'm not being particularly funny. But look, today I'm going to talk... ...to my friend Tom Sharpling. Many of you know Mr. Sharpling. He's uh, one of the great broadcasters. One of the great broadcasters. If you do know him, you probably know him from uh, his show, The Best Show. And uh, that's been on a little bit of a hiatus. He's finishing up a memoir. But you can always uh, go listen to The Best Show stuff... At bestshow.net, here's some of the comedy. Here's some of the amazing pauses of Tom Sharpling, one of the great um, broadcasting stylists of the the, uh, late 20th century. And a dear friend of mine, which happened later in life. A couple of the people that are my closest friends are actually people that I have not known all my life. But it's turning out... That I as life goes on I know them longer than you would might think I got a call from my first serious girlfriend uh out of nowhere it's not that we've been totally out of touch but we certainly don't talk much but uh she you know heard the news about Lynn and checked in and uh it's it's really interesting I mean that's going back to 1982 83 you know that that's the one that set me on a course an arc of uh, heart-hardened anger (laughs) over my own selfish fucking emotional liabilities that persisted for decades. That first heartbreak, even though I did not know how to love or be loved or even behave properly other than uh, angry and jealous, possessive and insane, insecure, And emotionally needy and uh, aggravated. That's that's a horrendous triangle. Needy, insecure, and aggravated. Do not step into that tornado. But nonetheless, uh, through a lot of things, we've stayed in touch. And, you know, she's had tragedy in her life. I have this tragedy in my life now. And we had a nice conversation. But what's interesting is when you talk to somebody, that was in your life no matter how long ago it was if it was real and it was serious and it was emotionally connected they are woven into the fabric of your being and when i heard her voice on the phone it all it's not that it all came back it wasn't it didn't all come back but the familiarity was there it was just like the the symbiosis the connection the the sort of uh emotional frequencies just kind of sync up the laugh, you hear the laugh of the person that you loved decades ago. And it, it's not that it brings you back, but it 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 reconnects you in the moment to something deeply ingrained and familiar in you. And it's a beautiful thing. I was happy to talk to her. For some reason, the last few days have not uh, been too great. As many of you said about grief, you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when you're going to be overwhelmed with it. But I think what is happening for me now is that the shock and trauma and and sort of PTSD and the haze and fog of reality shattering tragedy is starting to um, recede a bit. And what's left is this sort of like just the the pure loss. We don't lose a history with somebody. But it stops. You lose a potential future. It's just, you know, it's just sitting with it that this is my life. And this was not what I signed up for. But what do we sign up for? I mean, that's the weird thing. I, I did not sign up to be the guy crying alone in his bed with his 16-year-old cat. I didn't sign up for that. And I have to let it happen. And there's something about it that I find to be pathetic And embarrassing where it's not. What it is, it's tragic and it's painfully human. But somehow in my mind, pathetic and embarrassing. To who? You wouldn't have known it until I told you. That I was laying in my bed looking at old monkey. Listening to him asthmatically wheeze. And just crying and saying, look man, it's okay. We did it. You did good. Thank you. But then, like, I just kept crying because I was alone and, you know, and uh, I was processing the loss. This is it. This is the life. I'm not saying it's not going to go away or that it's not going to ease up or it's going to be the right. I'm not going to wallow. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I'm just having the feelings. And in that moment, I believe that monkey was like, I get it, man. All right. And, And then he started licking my hand and grooming me. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, thank you, but I you gotta be tired of this shit. And he's like, I'm I'm all right. I'm all right for now. But yeah, you know. I've been fucking eating, dude. Dude, I've been eating. Patton Oswald sent me a, a box out of nowhere. I get this box of uh Jenny's ice cream again. Now I've, I've gotten it twice now from different people. I think even Jenny sent it to me. But uh, it was from Patton. Now you know I thanked him. I said, "Thanks for the ice cream, pal." Now I can be sad and fat. Really, though, thanks makes me feel better. And then, like an hour later, a huge basket of food, cookies, brownies, olives—you know—the basket. And then I made a joke. I said, "Oh shit, a basket too!" Thanks, man. This is almost as good as my girlfriend being alive again. Then I wrote, too dark. But, you know, we're comics. It was dark. It was, you know, obviously horrendous joke. And he went, ha, 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 oh, man. And then he said, if memory serves, you are at the ice cream and baked goods phase of morning. So I wanted you to have the primo stuff. And I said, ha, ha, beautiful. Thanks. Hope you're well. And he said, hope you're doing well and that you're getting better. And I said, overall better. Some days are sad. And he said, the sad days will never truly go away. But the days where you get to experience joy and every other emotion in the spectrum are coming back. I promise. And I said, thanks, man. It's good to hear that. Patton Oswalt stepping up. Nice man. That's the thing about friends. Showing gratitude. To them. Do that. Talk to your Friends. And that's what this episode's really about. Tom and I have done shows before. We did a series called the Mark and Tom show. We've done a few of those. I was on his show years ago in New Jersey. But Tom's a guy that, you know, we became friends, you know, later, not that long ago really. And I just love the guy. And uh he's been really present for me during this time. Like he between you you and me, He'll come over and we'll eat dinner like once a week. We'll be out back, outside, just talking, maskless, with some distance between us, just having a nice dinner um, and, you know, talking for a few hours about stuff. Talking about people, having some laughs, talking about movies. He just came over last night, actually, or night before last. Had some dinner. Talked about the Safty brothers, Sanwer movies, Paul Thomas Anderson. Had a few laughs at the expense of people not present, which is nice. Talked about language. Talked about his new uh, book. He's got to read his uh, manuscript. But it's important to do that. However you're going to do it. Obviously, some of you are like, you guys just talked without masks on. We did. Outside. Not too close. But yeah, man, I mean you gotta you gotta nourish that part of you. You gotta stay engaged, you gotta get some laughs. And but I think also it's important to be grateful to the people that are there for you. And that's somehow some for some reason that's very hard for me to do. I don't know why. It's not not that I don't feel gratitude, but to connect with the words, not to be like, hey buddy, thanks, man. I you know. Thanks for hanging, but just sort of like, you know, really, because that's the tone. Like that's nice and it's polite, but that's you know the up. That's like pushing it out there. Like hey, you know, great to see you. You know, it's different than like hey, I you know, it's been a very difficult time, and uh, I really appreciate you showing up for me. And I said that to my friend Sam. My Sam, my friend Sam Lipsyte's the other dude. He he um that guy calls me every night and we talk for like a half hour to an hour about stuff. I'll tell him how I'm doing. You know, it started off like, a you okay? And he's walked me through sort of suicidal ideation, crying, heartache, you know, all of it. But now, you know, we talk and he calls me every night and we just, you know, have a few laughs, talk about stuff, books, thoughts, news, ideas, the future. And I just, I don't know. I just got overwhelmed the other night, and I thanked him, you know, with you know, in a deep, deeply grateful way, you know, where I got choked up, and because you can't take your friends for granted, you know, we have these people in our lives that some people we've had in our lives forever, and you know, you just sort of like, yeah, man, best best pals, you're there for me, but you know, as you get older, and when things start to break down, when things people start to get sick, when you know, it's just or when people lose people. I mean, that's where the fucking Tire hits the road. Is that what they say? The tire hits the pavement. The wheel hits the. <laughs> the <laughs> where the tire blows out and the rims get all fucked up. That's when you need a friend. <laughs> when you're fucking. You run over a fucking bunch of nails put there in the road by Wiley Coyote, the trickster. And all your tires blow out and you're driving on those fucking rims because what are you just going to give up in the desert? Eventually you have to start walking. And that's where your friends come in. So that's what's going on. And this is what this is. Now this was recorded um, before Lynn passed away, not long before. And, you know, as I've said, you know, Tom and I have, many episodes where we just talked about the uh, you know things going on, things in the culture, things we liked, and this this recording is actually an attempt to do something like that, and it was just as the pandemic was starting, right? And it was uh, really an attempt to to feel somewhat normal, to talk about normal things. And I guess my point here is that it's important to still do that. Very important or else you're just going to be consumed by I don't know what your faith is or you know how you're holding up but uh, you know it's bleak man and you got to you got to treasure and and really rely on that kind of human connection i think that's why a lot of people listen to this show it's important to do that Also wanted to mention there's a new batch of ceramic WTF cap mugs available from Brian Jones. These are the handmade mugs I gave to my guests in the normal times back in the day. So right now, getting these mugs from Brian Jones is the only way you can get them. I, I, it's almost like I'm talking to my guests. Now, I, I mean, I can send you one if you've been on the show. But I guess also that's saying, like, you can't just break into, you know, Josh Brolin's house and get that mug. Okay, you got to buy it from Brian. And he's donating a portion of the sales of these mugs to the Connecticut Food Bank. You can go to brianrjones.com slash shop starting at noon Eastern today. As I said earlier, Tom's taking a bit of a break from The Best Show as he finishes up his uh, book. And you can always check out uh, Best Show material at thebestshow.net. And right now... Uh, Tom is doing a new podcast with Julie Klausner called Double Threat. You can get that wherever you listen to podcasts. This is me and Tom celebrating things from the normal times coming right up. I'm all right. Are you all right? Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm fine. I go a little crazy occasionally thinking, you know, thinking I have something.
1: But, uh. Oh, no. There'll be times when I'm just suddenly like, yeah, this is it. And And I just realize it's like, oh, no, I have these things that have happened my whole life where I'd have a, be congested for half a day (laughs) and then it passes. But now, now suddenly it's like, well, there's got to
0: be This this is it. And I'm not, I'm not going to make it through it. I used to smoke. I'm going to end up in the hospital. So I will tell you that that coffee I went out of the way and I got some Dunkin' Donuts beans. Okay, just because. Sure. I got a thing for Dunkin' Donuts occasionally. Oh yeah. And I was in Ralph's Mm -hmm. and I get a bunch of good coffee. I get high end shit. Yeah. And I just saw the bag of Dunkin' beans. I'm like, fuck it.
1: No. Let's go. I'm living. You're going back to New England. I'm going back. (laughs) Right. You're back to your Boston days. Jacked up. Yeah.
0: Jacked up. Didn't they have in Jersey?
1: Oh yeah, Dunkin' Donuts is everywhere. Chock full of nuts too. Yeah. Less. Less. That, but that was more of a Manhattan thing. Like, I would see those when I went yeah. into the city from New Jersey. I'd see like chock, full of, chock nuts. full of nuts. I bought
0: the can chock full of nuts for a while.
1: Like, Chalk full of nuts, you'd see the oversized cans yeah. in like, like my grandmother, like they would, my grandparents would right. have just like giant thing as chock full of nuts, yeah. and then they would have like a jar of sanka. Yeah. When I guess they didn't want to sanka, yeah. Go through the production of making coffee. Yeah. And, but then, uh, but Dunkin' Donuts, that's what got me drinking coffee. Like, when I, when I was, like, my nobody in my family drank coffee, so I didn't grow up with coffee drinkers, but then yeah. just at some point when you're, like, like 18, 19, you're mm. just like, I gotta check and yeah. see what the big deal it's time. is about this. It's time. And then it was like, oh my God, this stuff is... <laughs> this i was like I'm uh, a, i would like i'm on a lifelong journey oh mm-hmm. my head would spin from oh, yeah. that like that stuff would make you vibrate oh
0: yeah that, that's what i go for yeah it still does it yeah i'm coming up now i'm going up where
1: you're just like oh wow yeah and i, I don't feel... do
0: anything else i'm clean as fuck mm-hmm. and i ran yeah. today so i sweat everything out so it's going right in
1: oh no you're just you <laughs> this is empty it's like if you just poured coffee in your car <laughs> like if that's what you're doing right now, exactly. You drove up to the <laughs> you just engine's empty. I'm yeah. empty. Ten gallons of coffee. Yeah.
0: Well, that's what I used to do when I did radio on Air America. I used to have the mm-hmm. driver stop at fucking three thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and I'd buy one of the you know the kind that you, people bring to the office, yeah, and yeah, the handled cartons. Oh no, those yeah, the, yeah, the I get one of those of box. Dunkin' Donuts, the box, the
1: box of. of yeah, yeah. Duncan, whatever yeah, and I call.
0: have a bag M and M's, and that's what
1: I. By the time I got on the air, I was like yeah. <laughs> was yeah. get crazy. Uh, uh, I remember one time I was doing a live thing with with John Worcester and we're backstage, and somebody, and I was just like so. I needed. I was just like, just like dying for just its energy, and I took like a giant coffee, and then I had a thing of peanut M and M's. And I'm eating the peanut M and M's and somebody like saw me and they're just like, like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> are you, are you okay? And I'm just like, yeah, you're like going to squ- of, and I'm almost like ready to like put the M and M's in the coffee because <laughs> yeah. like, you, you don't realize what you look like. You look like a squirrel. Yeah, you know, you, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're drinking the coffee and, you're, and you're, yeah, just, you're
0: completely you're so so focused.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, and I'm just like
0: and, if I put the
1: M and M's in my mouth then the I melt drink, <laughs> get a mouthful of coffee <laughs> and it melts, yeah. and then I just get the the one two punch of the chocolate and the <laughs> the shell melts away. And then I got the coffee and it's just like It's just the greatest thing. Oh my god. And it's like some, flying high. Some asshole comes and interrupts you. You alright? Yeah, somebody look at me, it's like, boy, yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck you. You're alright? It's just like, man, I'm doing <laughs> great. great. You kidding me? This <laughs> look is at the me. best I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life. I got a mouthful of M Ms <S laughs> and coffee. <laughs> like, how could I be doing any better? It was like the Highlight of my existence. How are you even asking me that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you think I'm doing? Why don't you Look worry about worry, yeah, worry about yourself. Look at me. Yeah. Oh my God. So, so you're burning through a lot of, a lot of entertainment during this. What are you? I, well, what are it you seems consuming? to me like I'm
0: like I liked what you said about little Richard and uh, Florian. What's his name? Florian Schneider. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, I think that made sense. That without uh, little little Richard and Florian Schneider, that we would have, infinitely less. Good music.
1: Well, I mean it's it's crazy when you think about like like you think about like influence. Yeah. And it's just like I mean like little Richard changed everything. All of it. Like over and over and just like really set the pace for just like that kind of performance. There'd be I mean there'd be no James Brown and Ramones. There'd be no Prince and there'd be no Ramones. All of that stuff came, I mean, let alone Elvis. But it's just like you see the that drive, you know, yeah. There was the
0: fashion of it. There was the the showmanship of it. But mm-hmm. his particular, you know,
1: groove, mm-hmm. you know,
0: it was even more than in mm-hmm. a way. It was more than Chuck Berry. There was the the, the drive of his rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Like if you listen to the MC 5s "Tutti Frutti," you realize, mm-hmm. like, that's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that and then that goes right to the Ramones, right? Oh yeah, it's a straight line, and it's just um. And it's also funny when you listen to like these other things and they're so thin sounding and compared to the original yeah. thing. Like sometimes like growing up, I was not like a blues yeah. person. And then, then you hear these blues records and then you hear the Rolling Stones version. You're just like, well, I prefer the Rolling Stones version because it's just, <laughs> it's within my frame of reference. It's sure. a rock group playing. Sure. Yeah. But then you hear like these, like you compare like Little Richard's. Tutti Frutti with like the MC5's version. It's just like MC5's version since it's thin and sure, of course, like, kind of like assembled. Like it sounds right. like you hear them like <laughs> building it in the studio, right? Rather than them just playing it live in one room and just right with just mics hanging over them just like yeah we're done we got in that
0: piano man i calling. listened to the whole box set yesterday mm-hmm. i have that uh the mono box set of all the first the first five sure sure it's just there it was just a drive in his voice and you know it, to me that like i was that i listened to that music when i was a kid i don't know why I, mm-hmm. that's all i wanted to know how to do on guitar was you know that's all i wanted to do those three chord things and you know i guess i got to little richard through the beatles mm-hmm g-ding, 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 Right. And my dad played all that shit when I was a kid. I, that was what wired my brain. I, had, I talked about in on the podcast just about how, like, my father's excitement about Buddy Holly, Richie Valance, mm-hmm. you know, and that American graffiti soundtrack.
1: Oh, my God. That was my father's. Right. You know, I, I grew up with the thinking that was just like the. The template. The, ro- the, the
0: Rosetta Stone. Oh, please. It and was, it
1: kind of is. Oh, you listen to that and. It's just amazing the bases that that the just the range of everything that those records covered and they were just it's coming out of like a disposable industry and it's it's weird how the timelessness came out of something that was just people thinking this isn't going to last two years from now
0: just yeah to turn out the hits
1: yeah then and they just, turn into garbage and you just don't worry about what tomorrow is because yeah. we're just yeah. trying to make money today right.
0: on, on seven inch records right yeah and yeah i had the dick clark 20 years of rock and roll collection mm-hmm. and the american graffiti my dad had in the car we had a buddy holly collection mm-hmm. he loved it yeah and i think i got through like i knew buddy holly's Slipping and sliding before I knew Little Richards. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those records, all of them, like I always wanted to do, if I was going to ever do a music show, I kept thinking about playing the songs that my
1: dad used to like in the car. Sure, sure. Oh my God. that That's something I. <laughs> Wouldn't it be I, great? Oh, yeah. That was like the most formative. Like, that's the stuff. It's amazing how simple humans are when it's just like. Yeah, you're gonna hear this when you're eight and you're never gonna forget it. Yeah, ever. It's, ever. It's good. This is this is this will stay with you for the rest of your life and will kinda always be your favorite thing, even if you don't revisit it often. Right. Or you don't think it's your favorite thing. It's kinda your favorite thing. I
0: got some a couple of the songs I I, I listened to like I downloaded them recently. Like um for so like oh the but the thought I had was that this is stuff that, that my father and I bonded around that my father shared with me but then I realized that it was really one of the rare times where he wasn't upset or yelling or freaked out uh-huh. or, or or you know like he was occupied and seemingly excited
1: yeah so yeah, it wasn't
0: yeah. that he was like don't you love this it was like hey this is making dad feel better exactly <laughs> daddy's happy. <laughs> Let's keep playing the. Let's keep the playing diamonds. the coasters. Yeah, yeah. I listened to no, but that was the one that he he loved the stroll for some reason, mm-hmm. which I think was the diamonds, mm-hmm. and it's got a really weird kind of greasy sax riff. You know that song, Come and Let's Stroll. Yeah. yeah, you know he liked that. He loved that'll be the day and all those things. But I listened to Peppermint Twist and the Stroll and Little Darling, which was also the diamonds. I, mean, oh, I, oh, a, well, I, I Little
1: Darling is one of my all time favorite songs. It's like great. that is like the most rocking. It's song because it's just like it's oh it's overwhelming how much is going on <sighs> you know? where it's just like yeah it's like it's just like it's just it's yeah. happening you're just like this is the most overstuffed thing i ever heard in my life oh, 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 and then oh, oh. it's like my darling i need you yeah, you're just like this is like <laughs> one minute long yeah. who's and this guy <laughs> everything has happened in this <laughs> It's really it's just like uh, like that's that thing that uh, yeah. that makes a mark on you and then it's amazing that it's just like I mean, I was not a, obviously not a kid when yeah. that stuff was coming out. No, no, but it's also because of our dads. Yeah, but there's something so pure about it that it just isn't like time stamped hmm. at all it's just like i mean you can obviously it's know true. when it was recorded but just like the but it, but the, the pro- spirit of it is just yeah the proximity to
0: the source point of rock and roll mm-hmm. is close yeah so it, you know and you got to figure the newness of pushing out that way mm-hmm. had to fuel that so the, the the purity of it is real right yeah. so if if rock starts in 57 or 56 Really, mm-hmm. by a couple of songs that they didn't even know that's what they were doing, right? Delta 88 or Rock Around the Clock or oh, whatever. Oh yeah, Ike
1: Turner and they yeah. just they just don't even know what their... are um, Yeah, it was because because the the critics decided that, mm-hmm. right? But something happened. No, somebody somebody decided. It's funny that somebody told the story that it went through someone's lens what this was. Yeah, right. And there's there's yeah. clearly there were people watching this story get told and being like that's not the story right i was there (laughs) like who's this guy like he wasn't there and (laughs) he's he's backloading some fiction he's the one telling everybody how this went and it's just it's like even like as a kid for like the reference thing i can relate to it's like rolling stone like i would read like the rolling stone like album guide and i would just like stare at the the ratings and the reviews of the stuff i was just like yeah and then you don't think, like, it just seemed like there was this, like, like this is just the truth. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, no, this that album sucks. Yeah. Because it got two stars From in the Rolling Stone. D- and then and then you, you meet people and you just realize there's not some <laughs> giant all-knowing uh, force no. called Rolling Stone. It's just, like, magazine writers. Yeah, it's just some 24-year-old yeah. dick yeah. who's like, no, hang getting- it. Yeah, yeah I, to, listen, I listened to two songs. and, gave and they them, ha, Yeah, they had to review eight records that day. You work on your record for your whole life, and yeah. then somebody's just like, yeah, I got to write three record reviews today. <laughs> and they are blasting here's through here's your here. thing. They're in a bad mood. <laughs> Yours is the last on the pile. Yeah, yeah exactly. Apparently you didn't do a very good guy? job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Didn't grab me. Yeah, but I just always remember it would be just like, yeah, like seeing the story, the people telling the story would be like, like, it clearly had their biases where they were just like, Rolling Stone was just so anti-Zeppelin during the 70s. Yeah, I don't,
0: like, I never, like, you had to find Hated Black it. Sabbath. Right. Like, all that stuff. They hated it. I don't know where the hell it came to me. Like, I never trusted or never knew to read or, like, if you're going to pick critics, who the hell are they? I'd look at Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. but, like, I never, like, I don't know. I, I don't know how I came about. the Like, I'm relatively new to amassing records. Mm-hmm right but i know what you're saying that rolling stone yeah, everyone everyone they they're all curators of some kind like so the the magazine's not a curator but they have a a, a context this is, this is what rolling stone believes in mm-hmm. and this is what we like and this is what we don't like right you can see that you yes. feel that yeah. and it's the same with like guys that i buy records from or when i was a kid who turned me on to records outside mm-hmm. of my father who set the the groundwork which was good groundwork i mean yeah. i think having been you know built on the oldies for rock and roll in general it's good sure. right oh, you're, it's all yeah. kind of in there mm-hmm. but like then as as I got older you know I had records everyone had then I in, I inherited some records and then like I had a few hundred records in high school and things were happening in high school and there was a the guy in high school that turned me on to the shit but now like I mean I don't even know what you're sitting on you're like mm-hmm. uh, there's some I, th- there's this mysterious thing about you and that you, you know, like how many records do you have? And then it's like, <laughs> oh my god, uh-huh. you know, like you can't even say oh. it. And and then I picture there's there's probably houses filled with records at, back in Jersey.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of records. <laughs> it's a but, fair amount. But but like, what are we talking? I don't know, th- th- thousands, I guess. I don't yeah, know. I know. I mean, it's just it's it's all I ever did, you know. From was, when? From when I was 10. Well, I just why, started why, buying records. Why, was, why are you being secretive about it? Are you ashamed of the no, size? It's, well, it's sometimes it's just, stu- I always picture the idea that you spend your life collecting a thing and you're just like, don't touch that one, that one's thing. And then you die. Yeah. And then somebody's just, that does it, is just throwing all of it in a dumpster <laughs> with no, just like, I don't know what this stuff is. They didn't buy it at the estate sale. <laughs> just right it's, it's cheaper your, to throw it they're just rent yeah. one of these dumpsters they drop in sure. your driveway right. and my st- brother just going through like yeah. i don't know do we keep this yeah and that's like i picture that being i also don't want to get caught up in the the um i don't know there's like a collecting side of things that's always been such a bummer to me where it's like it where it's and it's I, this sounds like a like a trite thing but where people are just like they lose sight of the music being right. what this um, no, is uh, about. Yeah, and I'm, I can't do that, and yeah. I don't have the room for it. So that was sort of the. the I think I, I have issue. a fear of. I've had a fear of the records owning me for a while, and uh, it's a scary thing because the records can own you. No, I know, and, 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 and like I bought. I've bought things
0: sealed, like so. I had mm-hmm. I unsealed something yesterday. I'm trying to remember what the hell it is that I opened. Because I got a sealed copy of it, I'm like, mm-hmm. who's who am I waiting for to listen <laughs> yeah. to this? You know, I bought this at some point, yeah. and it was still sealed. But like when I go through, like I, I've, I've been listening to all the records. Mm-hmm. I've been um, primarily to a lot of the records, the older records, because like I get hung up. Like I want i want to time travel i want old records i get sent a lot of new records yeah. and i'll listen to them a couple of times but rarely i don't feel like compelled to to keep new records i don't know why uh-huh do unless, you unless
1: they speak to you yeah, yeah unless I, they're amazing sure Now i'm compelled to hold on to all of it this is why i'm oh trying to it's a battle. So you're that guy so so you have just got like, like, maybe the, i'll like it <laughs> Five years from now, I know. Maybe I've got and, an amazing then, thing. And if I got rid of it, then I'm the I'm a real sucker but, for unloading yeah. this thing now. If I'm going to want it five years from now, it's just like just say goodbye do, to it and go get it again. But well, you're right. But so, what, mm-hmm. have you found that that happens? So you got all these records that
0: you thought five years from now you would like them, and now it's ten years later, and yeah, you still no, have the records still sitting
1: there. <laughs> like if there's a there's a certain philosophy that I I <laughs> have where it's just like isn't it enough that I knew the right things if doesn't mean I read the book yeah. or I right listened to the record it's like I knew what the good ones were isn't that half of yeah. <laughs> isn't that most of this that like I think so I can curate the per- but it's like but that's but that's but it shouldn't be though it should just be like should be able to be happy with just like this little stash of the best stuff and let that be what that is well see
0: but see i can't my thing has been like i'm amazed at how much i don't know Mm -hmm. so like you know when i deal with you know i imagine if we spent time together with your records Mm -hmm. i would be like i don't know anything about this Mm -hmm. and and i like that feeling
1: so like then like how am i going to learn about this Mm -hmm. it's funny i started this um in the pandemic uh, this has been uh, a chance for me to start five new podcasts which yeah. is great i you know Ju- yeah. julie Klausner and i started one we're doing and then what do you do it over the sc- we, uh... i do it on a zoom on my end and she's oh, oh she
0: records good too and, and then, then we, we just sync it oh, yeah that's
1: good uh, yeah uh, our producer puts it together that's we're doing that and that's called double threat but i also started this other one for yeah. pe- for like a bonus thing for best show yeah people and it's me and the the producers on the best show we're going year by year through Crosby Stills Nash and Young through all of the through every solo album really? every, yeah and it's like we just recorded this morning for all two and a half hours and I'm just like we're doing two two Why that each, each because it's so you oh so you're going backwards too we no, we're going in. We're going chronologically forward. We started with the first episode was everything. Birds in the Hollies. The first episode was like episode zero would be like everything before CSN.
0: So Buffalo Springfield, Buffalo the Springfield, Birds, birds, birds the hollies. hollies, yeah, right. and
1: then then we're taking two year chunks at a time going forward. We just did 75, 76, and it was just like it's like one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> Steven Stills made, like, four albums a year at one point where he was just, like, clear. He first of all, he recorded every one of his albums in Miami. So, so you just, jacked no. on blows. You just know, exactly. Running around with guns. Yeah, he's just, like, <laughs> dressed in, like, either a football jersey yeah. or, like, dressed as, like, some paramilitary guy. Yeah. And you're just, like, and it's just, like, but it's, like, you... How's you, the music? Oh, I mean, some of the stuff is, like... There's these Crosby Nash albums, right? There's where they a would lot of do them. one, they did one like every eight months, yeah. And you're just like, you guys are just like, it. You guys are like, you look like you're dying. Like you look at the yeah. cover and they look so unhealthy so on it. And these records are just, and then but just concurrently, like Neil Young is like transcending time. He's just, exactly, he's yeah. just like reinventing the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, every album. Yeah, like Crosby. Crosby's too much. man. Crosby he, is too much. Did you
0: listen to the thing I did with him?
1: Oh, the podcast. Yeah, yeah, it was the greatest. He's just like, man, yeah, I'm kind of an
0: asshole, dude. I, <laughs> he would have stayed at my house all day. Yeah, but but the thing that was amazing about him is like, I never, I didn't know him. And mm-hmm. look. I've got a, I've got plenty of love for Crosby, Stills, mm-hmm. Nash and Young and Crosby, Sills and Nash uh-huh. really, you know.
1: Yeah, see, I, I don't. That's <laughs> the thing.
0: <laughs> I I like Sweet Judy Blue Eyes mm-hmm. and uh and the live record and uh uh you know, déjà vu some of it. Uh-huh. I, but yeah, I listened to it when I was a kid. Yeah. It was formative. Sure. Um but but he ca- like I didn't know him and I think I tracked him down on Twitter. I don't mm-hmm. know if I told you this and I get this phone call from him. Did uh-huh. I tell you about that? No, no. Uh, oh. At the time, and I'm, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm. I am i and i am i am i do not want to get into it now, really, because mm-hmm. I don't want to betray anybody. But yeah. something, there was something going on between between him and Graham that involved a woman. And these guys yeah. are like eighty, yeah. right? I mean, they've so made
1: some of this more public now. Some of the like the I yeah. Guess, but here's the thing, like yeah,
0: he's telling me. You know, get signs like, "Look, man, I, you know, I just don't want to get into that." And so if you're planning on getting, and I'm like, I, not, number one, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. But deeper than that, it's like, uh-huh. who could possibly give a fuck? Yeah. I mean, they're like 90, and they're, <laughs> and they're he's like, don't, no, let's not get into the chick thing." It's still, like, you, what yeah. do you? Does there somebody who is
1: actively, like, yeah. waiting for this information? Yeah, just they're fighting over a chick, girlfriends, and they're just like still. It's. It is insane that these guys. First of all, it's insane. All four of them are alive. It's unbelievable. Like you know, God bless all of them. They're still. Uh, yeah. All four of the Ramones are dead. Yeah. And all four of Crosby, Stills, Nash yeah. and Young are alive. I don't think Stills can hear. No, I think Stills is not doing particularly great. Crosby's just meeting kids he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he forms a band with them. Yeah. Yep. Hey,
0: and he um, self-publishes, self-releases uh, his
1: records. We got him to call the best show one night. We're just doing the show, and then yeah. one of the producers, Jason, it just starts, just like poking him on Twitter, yeah. being like, "Hey, call up," and he just calls up. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened. So he's like, "Hey, man, I just <laughs> want to say," and it's just like, and I had no preparation for it. They're no nukes, like, man. They're, no like, they're nukes. like David Crosby's yeah. online four. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Cause I'm talking to David Crosby now and he was, I was just like, I just want to say thank you for calling in and, uh, yeah. you know, this one bird song, everybody's been burned is one of my all time favorite songs like, and he's like, Oh, you're, you like the old stuff. Okay. Okay. And then I like quick typed like David I was like, no, no, I like your new album. I saw like the name of the new album. I didn't know what the name of the album. I knew he was going to call in. I would have yeah. listened to it <laughs> if I had. Pro- I was like, I like Star. How are you going to? Who yeah.
0: listen to his new stuff? And he's like,
1: okay, okay, you like the new stuff, and then he just. But he, was he just just like- started talking about nukes, right? Yeah, he started talking about nukes, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was so like, you just picture him just sitting there.
0: But he was one of the fucking first, you know, he was like top notch ego monster, just fucking oh. and drugs and just like almost satanic. Yeah. You know, Dionysian fucking
1: clusterfuck up there in the hills, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then he was like the Lord over mm-hmm. it all. Yeah. He was like, those guys were the first people that like the hippies were just like, these guys are just out for the money, man. Oh yeah. Like, like the they money were, and the sex. Like they everything. got singled out just like. They're charging twice as much for concert tickets, and they're just like, they think they're they're rock stars, and we're supposed to like. They were the first ones to kind of get to kind of get dragged by, the, oh, by really? the by the counterculture. Like CSNY really like represented this um, uh, this thing uh, of just like you guys are fakes, and you're just you're not a part of the call. Like oh like, right 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 because back right. then it was always well, that's just,
0: interesting because that
1: kind of makes sense
0: because I think the either the A and R guy I mean it. They were a Geffen project. Mm-hmm. I mean, Deja Vu was David Geffen's, like one of his f- first, and you know, I think in that in his push. Yeah, like and and he's clearly a, a guy who's going to sell out the fucking hippie. Oh, trip. he I doesn't
1: care. Like, yeah, he doesn't
0: care. But I think that I think he was. They were with him. I yeah. think Deja Vu is. Not, and I'm just, I, look, what do I know? I mean, they were all kind of hanging out. But obviously, guys like Geffen saw a tremendous amount of money in the music. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, fuck the cause. They, I
0: mean, you know, you can maintain the illusion, fellas. Oh, but- absolutely.
1: No, they were like, because I think Geffen did that big, they did like this big 74 like mega tour, mega tour where they were playing like football stadiums. Right. And I think that was a Geffen thing. But, but do you do you don't like any of it? I mean, really, I like some. Of it.
0: I like because like, Dan's a big Crosby solo fan, like that. Mm, I can't remember. I, I love my that name, album. Right? That What's it great. called? I can't remember. If my name, I, if, I, if
1: I could only remember my name. But you like that record? Yeah, I think it's great. Is that some
0: serious hippie shit? That
1: record? Yeah, but that's a sad record too because his his girlfriend had just died. Oh and right. He, like you can just it's a yeah you feel it. Yeah, you can kind of feel this is a guy trying to get healed through music, and I think that's in it. But then he goes off the rails, kind of. Mm. He goes on the rails and off the rails oh, yeah. at the same time. Oh, on that record, yeah. it's kind yeah. of. But, but I mean, f- just like over the next ten years, he's oh, like, yeah. you can, if you just look at his, the pictures of him oh, year yeah. by year, you're yeah. just like, he's and, and, aging like a dog. Well, yeah, like it's it, like every year is seven years. Ends with, with him guy. in jail. I mean, yeah. it's like you know, it ends with a mugshot <laughs>
0: when he's got yeah. his short hair oh, and uh, they, his, they his liver's mustache. going. Mustache. Yeah, but here's my thing, like he, man, like I'm going through the records. I've gone through them all. I got I got new uh, record dividers that are very nice. Okay. I moved the jazz upstairs, Okay, so I had more room downstairs. Sure. Jazz and comedy upstairs, because comedy okay. is just sort of a guilty pleasure. I don't listen to well, that. Well, comedy is like jazz. Kind of. okay. It's <laughs> just
1: like, you know what people are always like, my yeah. comedy is kind of like jazz. Yeah, I can't. But but yeah. jazz you can listen to again. I can't listen <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You're not exactly <laughs> throwing on a Shelly Berman album again not for, too bit, often, for the 200th time. We- <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no nuancer it's like i didn't hear that what
0: is, like? did you hear the beat on that yeah. he took a it took an extra second before he says like uh, there's a woman mm-hmm. hanging outside of the window and the, yeah.
1: what, what is the upper limit of how many times you could listen to a comedy exactly record exactly three well some of them were kind of like
0: there's one record that i will play for people and it's a rodney dangerfield record before mm-hmm. he got the hook sure. like uh it was called the loser or something uh-huh it's actually signed. I don't know where I got it, but it's where he kind of long form bits. So it's like oh, wow. it's, it's Rodney doing this thing that you just don't know him for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. before he got the respect thing. And yeah, the sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. so it's kind of a nice thing. Oh, that's- like, it, it's kind of nice to listen to people before they, you know, fully formed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think the the most interesting thing about comedy records is just the bad decisions people make about the cover art, which I've done myself. Yeah you know, sure. like you know when you look at comedy records like how did they think that was a good idea even peers of mine people we know yeah. have record covers where it's uh-huh. sort of like really you're holding up yeah. a thing with a thing yeah. and you making that face like, what are you doing
1: those the covers of comedy records and the the way a stage is dressed on a comedy special to me are yeah. so telling. Where you come out and it's the uh, giant pencils, I've made the sta- bad like, mistakes. Like people dude. are just like bad mistakes. I got props. It's like a, just like it's like I'm in the playground. And but, like, but they give you these options. That's the mm-hmm. fucked up
0: thing. Is that like <laughs>
1: that's the worst thing you can do? Yeah,
0: because it's like with those Comedy Central half hours, they're like, yeah, let us know what you want to do with the stage. Mm-hmm. So my first one, I did two of those. And the first one, I'm like, for some reason, I'm like, I want a sideshow banner. Okay. Because I thought, I don't know what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be interesting. Yeah. But it just looks weird. Uh-huh. It's just a fat lady and some, uh-huh. you know, and I'm like, what was I doing? And pe- what does it mean? People are like, what's that? Why does he have that up there? Yeah. And then the next one was worse. hmm. Where, where it was worse, I'm ashamed yeah.
1: of it. What was it?
0: It's was like 2000, <laughs> uh-huh. 2006, I think. Uh huh. And like, I'm like, you know, I want I to, want
1: Which I, is not one of your. Bigger, bigger, not one of your banner years. It wasn't,
0: no, it wasn't bad. I was at Air America. It was pretty political. Okay. Yeah. You know, I had, I was to, you know, the, the set was tight, but it's pretty political. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I had this idea. I just mean it. in terms of like you were, because people oh, yeah. who maybe yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, the yeah, whole, yeah. your whole oh, yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, you yeah, were yeah, not.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It was right after. I think I just, was I separated yet? I might, it might've been right before we got divorced.
1: Cause you had the two, cause I, I always was look at the Air America thing. I always look at is like after 2004 yeah it was like cuz i went to that i went to that election party the air america 2004 uh, election yeah, party yeah yeah which was one of the most i mean that to me is with the
0: launch you mean the launch party for air america
1: no no like literally the night of the 2004 presidential election when it was just like oh yeah like when like
0: when bush won
1: yeah when bush yeah. won and it was just like sam i would talk to sam cedar in the morning and he would just be like he's like Carrie's got this in the bag. I just oh, talked yeah, to yeah, somebody. Yeah, and... I
0: fucking that Lawrence O'Donnell did that to me with Hillary too at the fucking Bowery. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, is she gonna win? He's like, Oh yeah. And I'm
1: like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm And I just remember being at that party and watching like <laughs> people like being Was like, I there? I can't remember. It huh. was just but it was such so t- I just remember seeing like uh Rachel Maddow yeah. and um Liz um, Winstead. Yeah, Liz Winstead, and they were people were just like well, there's counties in Ohio that Still, haven't yeah. come in yet, yeah. and those are more Democrat. And it's just like You're just watching. This, is, watching this man. is over. <laughs> we lost. Yeah. But people were just trying to like pull hope from nowhere, yeah, and it was yeah, just yeah. like. And felt like the Air America thing was just like this place existed to beat this guy, and it's like, what's this going to be now? Is you that just what fight it? it?
0: You just keep pushing against it. Yeah. So yeah, for me, it was fine. But the but the set was the problem where I yeah. thought like I'm going to have a big picture. Of a herd of sheep, okay, going the other way. Uh huh. And I'm going to be.
1: You're the sheep going the d- other
0: way. Going the one sheep. Sure. That's not. That I'm not going mm-hmm. with the herd. Yeah. So there's a picture of a, a, literally a photograph mm-hmm. of the asses of a herd of sheep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then somehow yeah. I
0: signed off on the idea to have one stuffed sheep sure. on the stage. Okay. Uh-huh. So and I did that. That uh-huh. exists <laughs> in the
1: world. That there was a point where somebody said to you, "You like the sheep," and yeah, you're, you're just like, like "Yeah, yeah, I'm
0: yeah, yeah, Put the one out there because that sort uh-huh. of solidifies the sure. message. Yeah, and all oh, you just see me sitting, standing up there with mm-hmm. sheep asses yeah. behind me mm-hmm. and a big stupid stuffed yeah. sheep on stage. Yeah, and in my mind, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm nailing <laughs> this. I'm nailing
1: it. Isn't that so funny that you get to the point where you're just like of course I don't need any of that. Nothing. Like, like you needed Zero. literally none of it. Well,
0: they gave you the option. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. That was their way of personalizing it. Cause they churned those things out. The half hours mm-hmm. were all shot in one week, mm-hmm. sometimes two in a day. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of, they're like, what do you want? We're going to make it your mm-hmm. own. And whatever so what's backstage
1: you know? look like at that thing. That's like, Giant crib, and then yeah, there's yeah, I like I don't remember, but like it just was like every comedian has they like two their thing, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Well, they yeah, they're good. That's what they put their money into, is I guess getting these set changes. But that, what did it take for mine? Nothing. A, you know, they put a slide up, yeah, and they brought a stuffed sheep yeah. in.
1: We got the slide and the sheep, he's we got good. The sheep. We're good. It's easy. <laughs> good. easy. Yeah. This guy's easy, this okay. yeah.
0: And the other time, it was just a sideshow banner. Mm hmm. That was a bad, that was bad <laughs> because uh, like I was. You know, I I was not sober yet, and, and I came out to L.A. It was a sad experience. Mm-hmm. I think I was still married to Kim. I don't We're, remember what year that was. Where'd you tape that? At the, like, over here in Hollywood on Vine. Uh, I don't remember what theater it was. It was one of those theaters over there. Okay. The Ivar, maybe, or something where they, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it was like, that was the year that Hedberg taped his that changed his life, that yeah. thing he did. Mm-hmm. I was there, and it was like... He didn't do that well, but uh-huh. the kids loved it. Yeah. And I remember they bust in a lot of Samoans. I don't know why mm-hmm. they were busting in audience members. And all I know is that, like, I'd come out here. I, w- I knew my material. And I watched some of it the other day. And it's bad. And I wore a black suit with a red shirt. I was well-groomed. Mm-hmm. And I really was like, I'm going to stay clean. I'm going to come out here and just be cool. So, like, the night before the special, I just went over to the guy I did drugs with at that time who was out here, and, you know, and uh, Bob. I was like, I'll just do a couple lines. And then I ended up like up all night, not with him, but just in my fucking hotel room going like, why Uh the fuck I do that? Uh And then I do the, I do the set and it's bad. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing (laughs) lands. Like someone had done a thing on YouTube or written an article, a deep dive into the rabbit hole of me Uh and just all Uh the way up through the current special. And I had a large, a long clip of that one I'm telling you about. And I'm like, Oh my God. And there, there are things I remember loving, loving about that set. Uh huh. And so here's how, this was the worst moment about it, though. So like, Mm -hmm. I do this, fuck, it's my first half hour (laughs) for Comedy Central, Uh and I walk into the dressing room, and I, I got no friends there. Nobody's there except my Coke guy. Except for Bob, <laughs> and and he's in the green room going, they got roast beef. <laughs> that's that's what I walk up stage uh, to is Bob yeah. standing there with a plate of roast beef. Yeah, didn't even say good set, and I was sort of like, ugh, yeah, what the fuck
1: have I yeah. become? No, this is bad. Yeah, I, w- mm-hmm. I played. I was at Maxwell's for a Yolo Tango oh, that's thing. that's one of the first. That's one of the first times we had a, an extended conversation with you. Right? When oh, you, that's it right. Was one of their Hanukkah shows. That's right. And I never yeah. felt like I did well with those things. That was the night you and I had uh, yeah long conversation right. in the hallway and Maxwell's. we decided like we should be friends. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> back then it's just like this thing where like you're like it is such a weird thing where you're just not sure like especially when you carry so much just like shittiness. Yeah. At, for and which I know I do where I'm just like ah, should I mix it up with this guy. What's it do or should I be should I like this guy or should I go after him? like for no reason. Yeah. It's like it's so yeah. pathetic Yeah, I can. And then it's like, oh, no, he's a great guy. I like him. It
0: was sweaty, too. Wasn't it sweaty?
1: Oh, it's always hot, the Maxwell's. Ah. Maxwell's. Those Yola Tango Hanukkah shows were so crowded. And I just remember early on, like, I tweeted something that was like a weird blind item subtweet thing that, like, about what taking a shot at some at another oh, podcast not yeah. at not at you right and I just remember Brendan like writing me before I even knew Brendan <laughs> he's just like it's like hey man are you talking about us and I'm like no he's like oh cool because I I like <laughs> your show and I was kind of like oh I like your show too and then suddenly it's like that's all it took to be just like friends, friends with Brendan, exactly friends with everybody <laughs> was just like no oh, no cool. no i was i was ripping on somebody else <laughs> oh good i don't like them either <laughs> yeah, hey, we're yeah friends that, well that's exactly it it's just like yeah they're terrible <laughs> oh good they're, Me, yeah. I we're friends <laughs> what good. a sad state of affairs the rodney thing you oh, were yeah, saying right. he i've been watching so much uh, like he has this youtube channel up now i guess they're putting oh, really? a, a lot of like you know, all the tonight show it's clips like i said stuff.
0: about him i say about him it's like you know it's it's odd that in, in, in the big picture, in the history of comedy, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. He still doesn't. No. It's,
1: and he's great. It's unbelievable the level of... It's like him and Rickles covered everything I'm interested in. Like, those yeah. two represent all of the comedy I could ever want yeah. from a thing. And it's like, his thing is just so... like. If you don't, if you watch a bunch of the Tonight Show things, you realize like the game within the game that when he would sit down on the couch with Johnny yeah. and then just be just kind of like they're just going through just like health, yeah, 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 my dumb kid, yeah, yeah, my yeah, d- like and it just this ramp up yeah. to like he just like he just kn- like and he gets to the and it's just like you could see the the amount of fun that they're having knowing that this is a game that like. All, all he's
0: looking to do is land one with Johnny and it's yeah. like you like he, yeah. he doesn't always land one yeah. because like because Rodney like right out of the gate he's like everything's twitching everything yeah. everything is moving on that guy his <laughs> yeah. head his arms his yeah. legs mm-hmm. he's sweating mm-hmm.
1: he's touching himself yeah it's just like it's everything's going <laughs> yeah. and it's all funny it, it's it's the funny the, the funniest <laughs> conceit is that he sits down and then Johnny goes, Harry is like, I'm doing good. Uh, Last week I was in rough shape, uh, though. Last week, rough shape. shape. Just the idea that like, gotta tell you, rough shape. Last week, last week I was in rough shape is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And then when like one doesn't land, he'll just go like, well, you know, not all funny. There's someone just meant to be cute, and it's just like, and that just kills Johnny. The idea that just like, he knows
0: when he bombs. Oh my god, he's only trying to land jokes, man. Yeah, and it's like he's so like he's such a package that guy. Oh. And then to find out in retrospect, he's been paralyzed with depression. Oh, he's profoundly sad. Oh, yeah, he, uh, he's unfixable. Yeah, Richard Lewis used to say he referred to it as the heaviness. I, I got the heaviness. Oh, that's yeah.
1: heartbreaking. Yeah, you can just feel it. Just like, I mean, I just think you you feel this guy, and there's, it seems like there's a part of him that's just like. Where were you bums when I was trying to make it? it took me 30 years to get here. I hate I all a, of you. I had to sell pot out of my trunk yeah.
0: and, and fucking go get into the luminescent siding business with Joe yeah. Ansis because <laughs> yeah. I had fucking kids. Yeah you that, assholes exactly
1: where were you guys you made me you made me grind it out till i'm in my 50s before you started paying attention yeah and everything like all, all he's doing is trying not to get sucked into the vacuum of self oh my you God. know just the darkness he's like yeah. i'm
0: fighting i'm trying not yeah. to drown here johnny and look he, at me and he just won't just i'm like, swimming
1: he just knows to not show the person like he just oh, knows yeah, he's yeah. just like i'll never show you i'm not sh-. and like once in a while you get these little glimpses yeah. Of like the like the act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where he'll just be like like he'll just say like like oh, I got dates, I'm playing over it. This is, you know, I got this movie coming out easy money and it's a good movie, but I really like doing the live stuff. It just like like you just know he hates like he hates these movies, like he just that he just knows he's grabbing yeah, 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 whatever yeah. they'll give him, he'll take. Yeah. But it's not why he's there. The live show like stand up is what yeah, yeah, he yeah kept the lights on for the guy. And whenever he gets to that moment where he's just like, oh, I played a lot of rough places, it's like it'd be like Vito's Boom Boom Room. It's just like, like, yeah, formerly boom, boom. Nunzios. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, just yeah. Like, it's, it's just, I, I'm so glad these. I like
0: looking at those too. I always end up on him too. Mm-hmm. I like Rickles too. The thing I liked about Rickles is that Rickles, like, almost always on TV appearances, Would say like twenty percent of what he said makes no sense at all. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's it's it's
1: just word salad. (laughs) It's like
0: just look at this guy. He's got the thing on his head with the two four things in the nine in the and the five uh, spaghettios. Yeah, he'll
1: always be like, yeah, this guy's busy knocking on the. Door, he's trying to tell me he's trying to sell me a pair of pants <laughs> yep. and you're just like what's that mean <laughs> like but the timing yeah. was always great yeah, he just knows he can like ram it through and yeah. he knows like some of these are nothing
0: i've like watching him do a special and like the thing that killed me i'll never forget he just he says to some guy up front and i think it was a play because like, where'd, where'd you get that suit that come with uh, two pairs of pants and a yo-yo <laughs> <laughs> like, he <laughs> what is
1: his, that? He would go his there were there's this like five I think it's like a it might be like five hours long of him every every like it was like I think it was like every letterman appearance for Rickles from yeah. from like eighty three all the way to when like his like final one and it's just Uh, like when he came out with the cane when he would be out there already like they would come back from a commercial break he'd be sitting there because he couldn't walk so but he would be like one of the funny it's like one of the meanest and funniest things he did this he would like all he would like do variations on jokes where he'd just be like he'd be like you know dave i went to uh i was on jerry lewis's uh telethon and he comes out he sings uh you'll never walk alone the kids get up and leave and it's just like that's the meanest thing but he just like
0: there are moments where you watch Rickles and he's filled with real fury like mm-hmm. you know like you can see it like it's all cute but like yeah. there's something behind there that's sort of like oh my god.
1: Yeah. Well he also he it must be a thing to to know you're the court jester for them for for these for these like Did you ever see that one of him
0: just where they set up a makeshift Vegas lounge? for him to entertain people in show business. Have you seen that? I don't know. I don't know. It was like, I don't know who did it. It was a Dean Martin roast or something. I think Mm -hmm. I might have it. But they're like, you know, this guy, we're going to, you know, he's the guy who Mm -hmm. does this. So if you've never seen him in Vegas. Mm -hmm. So they created on the set, Uh like a a stage for him to do his shtick. But in the the audience is Pat Boone and like all these weird celebrities of all different kinds. And he just goes at them. Oh, it's, yeah. He's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy because he's sweating, and yeah. it's like, it's probably,
1: how is that not the worst nightmare, you know? But he it must be, it must be the worst oh and the best, ba- like, he's, he's bulletproof. He knows, it's just like, I can say, I have the mic, I can say whatever I want, and you people are going to laugh Wait, Oh, He's it.
0: on the roast when he says that, like, his timing was so good. Yeah. When
1: James, James
0: Stewart... Jimmy Stewart's mm-hmm. on the yeah. dais. Uh huh. And Rickel's like, Jimmy, I talked to the family, you're
1: doing fine. <laughs> Those are always the Um Oh my God. He would like he um that album, he did this album, Hello Dummy, which is like just the stand up. And yeah, it's yeah. like
0: with the a, song at the end?
1: I don't know, at the end of it there's this speech he always did where it's like we I was in the Navy and we stood on that ship and yeah. we looked out and we oh, were all boy. brothers and right, I, right. I don't make fun of little people you're all big like he's yeah, just yeah. like that's eh, kind of a yeah, yeah cop yeah, out yeah, yeah but he like there's a point where he's like um he's just showing he could like make fun of anybody's like where are, you, where are you from and the guy's like uh i'm welsh he's like yeah let me make you feel at home er, er, cave yeah. in <laughs> like so he could just do like yeah. a mining what joke and everybody it's like i was like this guy is just like he can say anything he he could spin anything it's all rhythm it's It's all pace pace. yeah and it's just like force of the words yeah like you have to kind of realize how little you need it's like it's not unlike the specials you didn't you realize you didn't need a a sheep on stage
0: no you don't need anything
1: and then you're better uh, off without even shooting the audience that was the best thing
0: i started doing mm -hmm. don't ever cut to the audience it's just a trick so you can cut make cuts yeah. They, why look at that weirdo?
1: Why? Oh, why I, like, even the improvs, it's like, why am I looking at those people? I never want to see the audience in yeah, any terrible. of those things. And it just feels like, you know, what? What? I can't stand the comedy specials whenever there's like this thing when, like, like, somebody will make a reference to just like, they'll be like, yeah, you know, They'll basically mention some either like uh, either a gender or right. an ethnicity, and yeah. then they cut to the audience member oh, who lines yeah. up with the, the joke. It's just the, like the, it's like the one of the it's like the worst thing I ever saw in my life. The two black people. Yeah, they're just like there was nothing worse than uh, the audience
0: cuts during. I think Paul Rodriguez mm-hmm. uh, did a special in a prison. Mm-hmm just horrendous that might be
1: the only one i would want to see audience reactions to it it just but they would cut to like people clearly didn't want to be seen what is the what is for you the ceiling on what is uh for for comedy crowd wise size wise like what where do you think it gets lost oh uh
0: i would say you you start to kind of buckle at 1200 okay I, I think you can still kind of make something intimate with twelve hundred and make comedy real.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you can still reach the back yeah, of the but room. once you
0: get up into like two thousand or you know fifteen hundred, where you, what was Carnegie Hall twenty two hundred? Yeah, but that's a different kind of. That room's got like the perfect sound th- situation. So that right? like when
1: you did Carnegie Hall, you you felt like you were reaching the people. I, I felt like I did not top. do well. But uh, that was was such a fun show. It
0: never got off stage. It did like two hours. It was the
1: greatest because I was was sitting there. I was sitting one row behind your mother. And then you just went off and you did the stuff about your mother. And I'm watching your mother watch this. I'm like, this is a (laughs) highlight of my life right now. I'm watching this guy reckon with this thing (laughs) to the person and 20, however many thousand people. yeah. Yeah. They're just, right we're, we're all spectators yeah. to this guy finally squaring off with his mother. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> yeah. You were just like, because you're doing the whole thing about just like, why don't I get to pull the plug why, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh right yeah. about my brother yeah your brother gets he's, the, he's the number one he gets to yeah. pull the plug on her yeah yeah it why does just, he get to kill her yeah. <laughs> <It was just laughs> like but seeing you do that in front of her to to her it really was just like you could just erase all the it would just be oh. it was you and her yeah. sitting in
0: carnegie hall and then i had the lady bring out my phone to read the email from my father yeah that's that was, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was riffing. It's a big night for me to fucking riff for an hour. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's the cap. That to you is like. Well,
0: no, but that's a different structure. Yeah. It was. That was tricky. Mm-hmm. I felt the weight of it. Okay. Like you could. Like I can open my. I can feel when I'm open and when it starts to buckle. Mm-hmm. Like I can feel like. Uh, like in my heart. Okay. I can feel like, oh no, I got to. F- it's a fight now. Sure. Like I'm losing them back there. Okay.
1: Right? And do you feel and, like you lose? I, I You know, this is so interesting to me. Do you feel like. When you look at a theater, yeah, are you focusing on sections? Are you focusing on the entirety of the room? Are you Before not or thinking of it when you're in it? When you're on stage,
0: no. Like some theaters, like have a good role to them, mm-hmm. and you know, you you feel you know buoyed. Like yes, okay. you know, so it really depends also on the acoustics of the theater. But mm-hmm. like when I did a symphony hall, both times I did a symphony hall, mm-hmm. three times. Okay. I did one in San Francisco. I did one in England, and I did a BAM. Like there, like that, that type of structure that's built for an orchestra, Mm -hmm. like I started to feel like, like at any second I could get zero laughter. Okay. And I don't know why.
1: Like it was just like that was, there was the potential for like the connection to break. Is that what it is? Right. Right. It feels just like, yeah, like like, I'm
0: going to be up here alone mm -hmm. and I'm going to hear myself talking Mm -hmm. and it could happen. Yeah. And I don't know why. But, and I think it's my own fear. Maybe it's some because it, ultimately that's on me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I don't know what, what what makes me continue to be confident in those moments. Uh-huh. But even when you're bombing, you've mm-hmm. got to keep doing the act. So yeah. like you, you do not. And, and it's a liability. Mm-hmm. It can happen. Mm-hmm. And it's a horrible feeling. I don't know why, but like, I can't open back up. And here I am, you mm-hmm. know, not even on autopilot, but I'm just doing it. Uh-huh. But I'm not connecting. And now I got to live with this. Yeah. Yeah. For an hour. Mm-hmm. It's the worst, and yeah. and to do, and and I don't know. I I always think about it at a symphony hall. It's sort of like this isn't built for one you know troubled Jew. This is built. <laughs> this is built to house yeah. Yeah. a symphony. Yeah. you know of people that spent to you know put mm-hmm. together a big thing. Yeah, not me going. Oh God, what yeah. is going to happen
1: with uh-huh. you know. So, <laughs> And do you do you feel yourself watching yourself do it? I've only had that happen
0: once or twice. Like it's when like I an bomb. observant. Oh, when ego. you leave your body, yeah, you the worst. And like you, it literally, you are like, I am going to go backstage. Uh-huh. Do what you can. <laughs> I'll meet. Uh-huh. I'll meet you back there. Uh-huh. I am sorry, buddy. I just can't can't hang out for this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's but but
1: me. But that's funny that that this one form caps out at such a relatively low number before you start to feel like you lose the connection. But that's me, you know, that's me, you know. I mean, guys, like, do arenas, you know, and they, they... But, like,
0: I still think a lot of that's a cash grab. I mean, who the fuck would go see comedy at a football stadium? But that's what I don't... I don't
1: understand. It's just the idea of, like, when you would have... When there was that stretch where all these people were playing Madison Square Garden, and they had, like, you know, I think Louie and Amy Schumer, and everybody was, like, like... Gotta do the garden, right. Yeah, like, they were doing the garden. And it's just, like that's what is that 15,000 people for a stand up thing or if you're not even doing the back was it it's if it's it's over 10 so it just feels like there's there's just such a there's such a ceiling on any kind of connection you could have just based on acoustics. Well, you do, well, like yeah, it, right. But you're doing a different kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Your
0: jokes like I can't like I like room. Mm-hmm. So I can fuck off, you know, yeah, and yeah. and 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 find something new. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're tight and your jokes land, like like you got in order to do that size of room, your jokes have got to land strong. Yeah. You can't just, you know, you can't be thoughtful. You know, no. you can't you can't be lyrical really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like then you're gonna come to the mm-hmm. end of it and people are gonna be like is it done you know so yeah. you know like you'll notice that most of those guys that do the big rooms they're they're going to you know everything boom 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 oh yeah
1: it's it's, it's got to be it's a, it's like the equivalent of just like just you have to, it's like a like if you're going to be a band playing there, you have to just keep your, your thing has to translate, yes, to the whole room. Well, that's
0: why they play the hits, man. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, yeah, it's just got to land. And like, I mean, I could do it, and I've gotten better at doing it. I did those oddball things for 20,000 mm-hmm. people, and sure. I when I do it, I'm like, which jokes do I know close strong? Yeah. And a lot of guys that's all they think about. Like everything like but some of my jokes are, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. they're not it's not they don't close strong,
1: but they go a different direction, they're more personal. But yeah. you don't you don't really have that option there. No, and when you're in a place like that
0: you're not anything there
1: to, that anything that's subtle can yeah. can read as not working. Right. Right. Which is just such a crazy thing. But that, that's the way that is. It's yeah. just the nature of the thing. Mm-hmm. But with music, it's amazing that there's like there's no ceiling on how big. If you're big enough for the people, it, it, you can play to 200,000 people. That Music, five yeah. people can be playing for yeah. 200,000 yeah. people, it's and crazy. it works.
0: Yeah, because it's music's magic. Yeah, because everybody has a relationship with different, like, with the song, and they can listen to it over and over again. Yeah, and yeah. you know they're just all amazed. It's just mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing. Yeah, but it's so funny that – when they first started having bands at Madison Square Garden, I remember. I think I was talking to Terry Reed, who was mm-hmm. opening in wow. a band opening for Cream or somebody. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it was Terry Reid. Okay. And it, when him and Clapton got into Madison Square Garden, you mm-hmm. know, and they were walking around it, like looking at it, marveling at it. Uh-huh. It was because
1: they'd seen Sonny Liston fight there on television. Yeah. It wasn't uh-huh. because bands had played. No, there. there's They're no like, tradition that. This is of that. where the boxers were. Yeah, you know that I mean? is so funny. It's just because it's an all-purpose entertainment center, <laughs> right? Where it's just like, yeah. We'll have a we'll have Elvis is going to be here, and then there's going to be the Knicks are going to play a game yeah, yeah. tomorrow. And it's just like and we're going to have a hockey game in here. And it's just yeah, like it everything. Matter. Yeah, yeah. It, well, that was the weird thing about Carnegie Hall that I had to realize too is like as mythic
0: as that place is, mm-hmm. most of the time it's not filled. You know, like <laughs> yes, it's, 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 some Saturday
1: yeah. afternoon concert series. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It's
0: a, you know, it's a, a Persian fiddle player, mm-hmm. you know, it, mm-hmm. but, but I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying no, like, you, it's not, there's so much weight to it. Like it's Carnegie hall, but it's mm-hmm. like, no one ever goes there. It's like, they, they run things every day, yeah. you, know, what, you know, four times a week and they're exactly. like, Oh, we've only got
1: 12 people in there for the, <laughs> for the Persian dance. Just group. this you know, functional <laughs> concert hall where yeah, it's just like, exactly. we just gotta,
0: we gotta do something here. The worst part about that night was like outside of me not feeling great about it was you know we you know I have I had my management scramble to get catses for everybody and put it in a room upstairs mm-hmm. but I wasn't told that you know, if we're there after a certain hour, they mm-hmm. got to you know pay the union over time. Okay. So like there was all this meat upstairs <laughs> and we all go into this uh, room and, uh-huh. and all these people came up and they were literally like, you got to get out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what's going to happen I- I to this meat? it was kind of... Yeah, it was rough. Sh- mm-hmm. and, there, and I didn't realize that mm-hmm. the festival was like, just, we don't want to pay them anymore. Yeah. You got to get out. Yeah. And then me and you walked like 90 blocks.
1: Yeah. And, I- I and,
0: uh, and Nate Bargett, gave me some dip. Mm-hmm. I remember I was, I had, I had a skull
1: pack in and you and I were decompressing. Mm-hmm. No, that was exciting. That was just like, um, took the walk, seeing that whole thing. And just you kind of, you kind of like doing a post game yeah. thing after it was, No, well, it was very flattering that you asked me to be there and it was such a, it was a special night. I yeah. we didn't feel, I don't yeah. remember you said you recorded it, I even did. though it's not like, I can't release it. I have it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I have a hard time. I, I, I listen to it. That'll be in your box set. It'll be in the box set. I try. I thought stand up. I've talked to Schlissel about putting them out. He's got most mm-hmm. of my records, you know, to put them all out. But like, do, is comedy really like that? There were some records I've done, like. Final Engagement seems to resonate with some people because it's like it's such an a dark, angry record. Mm-hmm. And I, I recently talked to Louis Katz, who's a comic, who's going through a breakup, and he's like, I listened to that thing; it was helpful. And it was like one of these records where I'm like. I'm going through that separation. I'm mm-hmm. heartbroken. I'm angry. I can barely keep my fucking sanity together, and I call up schlissel who does recording. I said, "I think I got something. You should just meet me in Seattle with the shit." Mm-hmm. Where and he did, and I got the worst comedy club in the world to let me work there. Okay, and we tape like four shows <laughs> uh-huh. of me just sort of like in the darkest place in my life, mm-hmm. and it exists in the world. Yeah.
1: Well, it's and now it's it's helpful it's, to people that are going go. through heartbreak. Yeah you made yeah. that's the comedy equivalent of some of these records yes you did. exactly well this was fun that was great are we Thank good you. oh yeah I love I'm that. about to have a crash from the coffee yeah no that's that's how it works I think we got a lot done yeah well, thanks, well Tom man. take care of yourself you too stay safe alright so that
0: was me and Tom Sharpling uh, you can hear Tom if you go to the best show archives as I said earlier at thebestshow.net or you can listen to uh, his new podcast with Julie Klausner. Uh, It's called Double Threat and you can get that wherever you get podcasts. Did I mention that uh, I'm getting fat and Tom and I the other night, as I told you earlier about the gift basket from Pat and Tom and I, I just pulled out uh, the brownies, the cookies and the brittle and the other thing and uh, Tom and I became human garbage cans. No one says garbage as good as Tom Sharpman. Now I will uh, attempt some some finger picking on a loud, distorted Telecaster. Okay. Okay.